Hi, I'm Adam Sanford. I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles. And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. Welcome back to Learning Made Easier. This is episode 98, how to tell if students should consider college, a vocation, and maybe a gap year. Most of our episodes are geared at academic success while in school, community colleges or universities. But for many students, school is really not something appealing or something that seems relevant to them. Why worry about writing five-page papers and how to do that when what you really want to be is an electrician or a mechanic or a plumber or a different profession that is a lot more kinetic and a lot less book-based than school usually is? College isn't something for everyone. And it's not something for everyone right out of high school. And that's okay. On this podcast, Adam and I talk about schools because schools are our work environments and we know them pretty well. That allows us to help you navigate all these waters. But just because school was the right choice for us doesn't mean it's the right choice for you. And it may be that you and school click better, but not just yet. Adam and I wanted to teach and create new ideas or at least understand the social world better. So school was a really good fit for us. But Adam and I aren't everyone. And that means that not everyone has our goals of teaching at the college level. So think about why you're in school or if you're in high school, what you want to do after you get out of high school. For some people, getting a job right out of high school, that's the right call. That's what they want to do. That's what they need to do. For others, Being able to work with their hands matters a lot. And for some, college, undergraduate, and maybe graduate school sets them up for their life goals. Keep in mind that even if you're not in an academic setting, you will learn and you will grow. And that means what's right and best for you now, that might change in the future. And you'll want to learn and sharpen your skills so you can change plans or jobs or even careers if and when you need to. For example, if you're someone who loves cars, and you're really good at that, then learning how to fix this engine and that engine and that engine, learning how to work on a specific kind of car, like maybe you want to special specialize, like maybe you want to specialize in classic American cars, like the Ford Mustang, or you want to specialize in German cars, like you love VWs, or you want to go whole hog and you want to work on Jaguars. That's learning and growing. Just because it's not happening in school doesn't mean you're not learning and growing. Vocational schools tend to be less expensive than traditional four-year schools. Vocational schools cost roughly thirty dollars to $35,000 for four years. Costs vary based on the specific vocation learned, but most tend to be less expensive than traditional universities. Keep in mind that some vocations pay better than others. According to an Indeed.com article, which we link to in the show notes, these are the highest paying vocations as of 2020, and their average salary or wage. Ultrasonographers are at the top. They make about $38.5 an hour. Under them, dental hygienists at just over 38, respiratory therapists at 35. The rest drop to between 23 and $25 an hour. Licensed practical nurse, electrician, plumber, HVAC technician. 
if you're a radiation therapist, you can make $115,000 a year. A construction manager makes about $85,000 a year. Landscape designer, $55,000 a year. And a home inspector makes about $52,000 a year. Note that all of these salaries can lead to a comfortable living and, and pay considerably better than lecturing or adjunct professoring, both hourly and annually. Looking at you, university administration and privatization. Mm -hmm. If these are skills that work for you and or these are areas you're interested in, either for the work they do or as ways of helping people, by all means, go for a trade. Now, what if you don't know yet what you want to do? You're 17 or 18. This is normal. I promise you, it is totally normal to be 17 or 18 and have no idea what you want to do with your life. Maybe you should take a gap year. Then this isn't a year to do nothing, but a chance to figure out, well, what fits me? Working is particularly helpful if you're dealing with caregiving obligations where you've got to bring in money. And the job you begin can continue or pause if you feel pushed toward either a trade or toward academics, or if you decide you're going to look for another job in the field. But taking a gap year can often help you say, okay, this seems to be what I'm good at. I don't have to earn grades for it. I just have to earn a paycheck. And I really enjoy figuring out how hose fittings go together. I really enjoy learning how the engine works. I really enjoy figuring out how we do masonry on this kind of wall versus on that kind of wall. I really enjoy learning how to do this finished carpentry. This is fun for me. That's what a gap year is for, is figuring out, do I want to go to college right now? You don't have to. If you go into a trade, vocational school, or work, you'll still need to have strong time management skills, communication skills, both verbal and written, and potentially be able to work in small groups. All of these are skills that are almost universally needed, whether in school or in the workforce. What if you decide you want to go to school and you're in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, or older than that? What will your professors and classmates think? It's imposter syndrome all over again. Someone who teaches non-traditional students, go for it. Often my non-traditional students are really highly motivated and they're consistently engaged in classes. Now this might be due to small sample sizes, but I'd like to think when a person comes to school later in life, they know what they want from school, whether it's content, skills, the degree, the connections, and they're able to connect school to their work life. I don't judge students for being in my classes based on their age. I evaluate my students based on the effort in the class, whether they participate consistently and thoughtfully and on the quality of the work they submitted, not when they were born. And while I'm not privy to student conversations in the classroom, most of my non-traditional students seem to get along pretty well with traditional students. So the age gap may be something not to worry about as much as you may fear. Can I speak to this? My parents insisted that I go to school, to college right out of high school. Now I had already been moved ahead a year. So when I graduated high school, I was two months past my 17th birthday, which meant I was way too young for college. All right, I just did not have the chops. Those things that Denor talked about, you know, learning how to do time management, communication, being able to work in groups, none of those were skill sets that I had because I had spent my entire school career up until that point skating by on my gifted brain. And then I went to college and we all know how that turned out. I've talked about it in previous episodes. I flunked. 
I didn't go back to school until I was nearly 30. I never once had a student say, well, you're an old fart, although several of them mistook me for the TA when I was an undergrad, which was kind of amusing. Um, but I never had students direct prejudice at me just because I was 10 years older than them. I've had students in their late 60s and early 70s coming back to school to finish their bachelor's degree. They didn't take a gap year. They took a gap 50 years, and now they're coming back to do it. So try not to look at taking a gap year as giving up. It's not. It's just saying, I'm putting pause on the school thing. I'll do that when I feel ready to do the school thing, but right now, I need to earn a living. Right now, I'm not interested in learning how to write yet another essay. I want to go and work with my hands. I have a lot of students who, you know, they work really well with their hands. They're good at being mechanics or plumbers or whatever, and that's what their dads did, right? So now they're working with their father, but their parents are like, no, we want you to get to the, to the white collar. We want you to get into the middle class, and plumbers are not middle class. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Based on what they earn, they absolutely are. And so try not to say, well, if I don't do it now, if I don't go right into school, right into college, then I'll never get the chance. College will be there. Your life is your life. I tend to think the age gap fuels imposter syndrome fears, but when you're in the classroom, you're a student. And at least to me as a teacher, means age goes out the window. I assume you're in my class or my classes because you need them and or your interest in the material, regardless of age or what year in school you are. Don't let your age or your life experiences prevent you from school if that's what you want to pursue. And don't be afraid to pursue non-academic careers if those help you, whether that's with money, they help because you're using skills that you enjoy using, they help your family, they help you some other way. Do what's right for you, and only you're going to know that. Now, I've stopped advising students to go beyond the bachelor's. I used to tell students, yeah, you should go to grad school, you should go to grad school. But I know more about the job market coming out of grad school now. And I find myself getting more and more annoyed when every student, regardless of their skill set or their natural tendencies, is told, go to college, go to college, go to college, as if that's the only way to get into the middle class. As we've already said, plumbers and mechanics make damn good money. They're middle class. They may have to wash their hands when they come home, but that doesn't make them not middle class when it comes to their income. There are thousands of good jobs that pay well, and they don't require six or eight or 12 years of education. It is possible to get as low as an associate's degree and go into the trades or go into trade school and then go into the trades. If you're good with your hands, the trades may be where you need to go and you're needed there too. We need people in the trades. And I've had students tell me they wanted to be a mechanic, but their parents insisted on college. I had an ex who has nine associate's degrees. He would take two extra classes and it would be another degree because he had done all the gen ed and his parents were convinced that he had to work in the computer industry. This was back in the late 80s and the early 90s because that was the only way to get ahead. It was the only way to become respectable. But college just wasn't for him. He wasn't interested in it. It wasn't fun for him. It was just drudge work. He was bored to tears. He's one of those people who likes to work with his hands. And most of the courses he took beyond the basic gen ed were trade type courses. So automotive mechanics certification or various computer science courses that taught him how to do programming or policing classes. He took a lot of policing classes. And he would have been a lot better off if he had just been allowed by his parents to go straight into the police academy or into a trade school for mechanics because that's what he was good at. That's what he was good at. Before we split up, 
our entire garage, it had a table saw and it had a router and it had a circular saw and he was setting up a wood shop. He had no experience in that. He hadn't gotten into the trades with that. But now he does an enormous amount of finished carpentry for, for his neighbors and his friends who are remodeling one room or another. Why? Because he knows how to do that kind of stuff. Now, I also want to speak to something else that may be making folks feel indecisive. And we've mentioned it in passing a couple of times, and that is social class. I was raised by parents who fought to get out of a working class life and into the middle class life. And I was raised with this really nasty belief that anything that got your hands dirty was not an acceptable job. You were not allowed to work at a job where you came home with your wrists dirty or your neck red. Absolutely not. Not acceptable because we are middle class. And me and my brothers were all expected to get degrees and work in white collar jobs. And of course, we were expected to do this the moment we graduated from high school. And you all know how that worked out for me. None of us finished college until I hit my late 20s and then I went back to school. And that was after I had worked in office jobs, low-level office jobs, like file clerk for 10 years. And I had learned the ropes of how to actually do work, how to manage my time, how to break down big tasks, all these things that we've been talking about in our episodes instead of just skating through on my gifted brain. And so, you know, it took me 10 years. You might say I took a gap decade. I have a doctorate now, but neither of my brothers has a degree, even today. One of them works as an office worker in a union shop steward in a university system. The other one works as a salesman. But all of us are doing pretty well, and my brothers may actually be doing better than me because they're not saddled with student loans the way I am. So taking a gap year, the goal of taking a gap year isn't to drop out of school. It's to figure out what works for you, and what works for you may not be a bachelor's degree. It may be, I'm going to go and learn how to be an electrician, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. So that's what we have for you in episode 98. If you're finding this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. We're always hoping to get new subscribers so we can help more people. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Android. We're hosted on Blueberry.com. Also, we would really appreciate it if you wrote a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to join us next week for episode 99, when we'll talk about how to deal with being in school during devastating life events like a bad breakup, a divorce, an accident, or illness. You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. We want to say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast possible. If you want to support us, please go to www.patreon.com slash learningmadeeasier. And we look forward to seeing you next week.